Hi, I'm Calvin Powers from the Americana Music Show. I spend a lot of time driving around in my car listening to CDs so I can handpick the finest Americana just for you. But when I need a Bruce Springsteen fix, I listen to Jesse Jackson and the Set Lusting Bruce Show. everyone and welcome to a new episode of set listening bruce your podcast all about bruce springsteen his music and mostly his fans i am your host jesse jackson up early on a saturday morning as we record this because my guest was kind enough to take time out of his busy schedule to join me welcome sam lisker also known as sam the intern good morning jesse it's great to be on the show again yeah, Sam was with us back in September of 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who don't know, and we'll probably he's going to talk about this in a minute, but Sam was a active member of uh, Rock in the Suburb. He that's where he got his. He helped Jim and Patrick on their great podcast as an intern, and he just recently spent a week on the show as one of the people doing Springsteen Week. And That's right. I got to tell you, I I was mixed emotions. One, I was jealous as heck that I couldn't have been on every episode. <laughs> Two, I loved the discussions. Oh, I'm so glad. It it was. I think the um, for those of you who haven't heard, go listen to it. But they took um, in honor of Western Stars coming out. They took, you know, they went five um, releases in a row. They starting with Born to Run. And then went of his five in a row and ending in Born in the USA and talking about the different changes, the music. And they made a strong argument that has there been a better five in a row from an artist? And uh, I think, of course, I'm biased, but I think that was a pretty good argument. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's, it's really something. Yeah. So uh, for those of you who have not heard – Uh, Tell us your Springsteen story. Absolutely. So the last time I was on the show, I had just started my senior year in school, and we had Jesse on Rock in the Suburbs at uh, one point in 2018. And Jesse was talking about Springsteen albums, of course, and he was talking about the history of Darkness on the Edge of Town, which is Bruce's 1978 album. And I had never listened to Darkness on the Edge of Town around that point. And after having Jesse on the show, I was inspired to go to a record store and start digging for Springsteen albums. And I came across the vinyl copy of Darkness, and it became an instant favorite. And then I would later find out that it is an album that is revered amongst the Springsteen community, and critics do consider it probably one of his best albums, and I agree. There's definitely a lot to analyze with the themes of the album, and especially the history of how it of how it came to be. So yeah, that is, that is my Springsteen story. And since then I've just kept on listening. That is awesome. Did, um, did, what was your normal? And I can't remember if I asked you this last time, what was your normal, what would have been your go-to music? What would your, 
what would you call your favorite bands or favorite genre? Oh my gosh. Um, well, I'm a big fan of soul music, so anything Motown. Um, I'm I don't really have a favorite, but um, I'm also a fan of the bigger artists. I'm I'm a huge fan of Michael Jackson's music, and so anything pop, rock, soul. Um, but I hadn't really listened to. Would Springsteen be defined as Americana? Is that how his his music would be would be categorized? Americana, rock and roll. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, I think he's definitely, um, you know, um, he is a wide range, and I would definitely call it, you know, um, you know, I tend to think of Americana as Jason Isbell and oh yeah, more, <laughs> but but no, uh, uh, definitely American rock and roll. Um, not as much pop, um, mm -hmm. though I'm sure you've talked about it and, um, you know, the theory, a lot of people believe that if he had wanted to be a great pop music, you know, songwriter, he could have, because when he goes to that, he's able to go, you know, pretty well, very quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when you, you say you've been looking back, how did you... Did you randomly go through his back catalog? Did you do it with a kind of a plan? Talk to me a little about that. So it just be, it just became kind of random after that. Um, I so I had Darkness on vinyl, but then that was really the only Springsteen album I had at that point. I'd listened to a couple of songs off Born in the USA. I'd listened to songs off of uh, Born to Run, um, but never, of course, up until Springsteen week, I hadn't listened to those albums the entire way through. And that was the first time I had really done that. So Springsteen Week was the first on our show was the first time I had really listened to Born to Run um, and Born in the USA and Nebraska and The River um, all the way through. And Darkness, obviously, I'd listened to all the way through before that point. Um, so it that was planned. The Springsteen Week was all planned listening to those mm -hmm. albums. But then I think the one record that I actually went out and bought – that I just spontaneously did was Springsteen's first album, um, Greetings from – it's the Asbury Park one. Yeah. And I found that at a record fair in Ithaca, New York, and I listened to that. I enjoyed it. I certainly don't think it's the strongest work, but it was good to, to finally start back at the beginning and then understand how he evolved up until – up until – to darkness yeah and then um and then after that i found a cd copy of his second album here at my house back at home and um yeah just listened to that and then after that i just kind of put springsteen down um i so up until that point i'd only listened to all the way through his first record his second record and darkness and then of course when springsteen week came along then i went ahead and just listened to all five of those other records so um I, so I'm probably just going to go through and and um, when Sam was on Springsteen Week, uh, we had Mike, Jim Patrick, and him. So there was a rotation. So this gives you a little more chance to expand. Mm -hmm. um, your thoughts on – I'm just going to go through kind of the five. Born to Run? Born to Run is amazing. That was a fun album to listen to. Um I don't quite remember – so uh, disclaimer, I don't quite remember all of my thoughts because with, when we record all those episodes, we record them like all at once. Yes. And I just – so there was just a lot of just back and forth, but I remember absolutely loving Born to Run. I thought that was an amazing record to start the week, and then it was a good progression to Darkness because there was a little bit of turmoil that was happening in his career in yeah. terms of management around that time, so that sort of helped set up how Darkness came about. Yeah. And um, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. 
So yeah, that was I thought that was a great way to start. And then after um after darkness was uh, the river. Yeah. The river I remember. I thought the river was an exhausting record to listen to. I I know it's a two LP. It it I treated it kind of like the the scraps from darkness. Like it was all these rec- it was all these songs that could have been put on darkness. I feel like, but then they were just scattered on a two on a two LP. Um, and then after that was so um, uh, I wanted to. Yeah, I think the way you talk about, you know, it's an ex- it's a long record, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I there are a lot of um, like my best friend who have one of my best friends who happens to be named Sam as well yeah. always says that you know if if you could pick just the songs you wanted off the river, it would be one of his greatest um, albums, but it would be the ones I want, you know? Uh, and <laughs> so I always thought that it's funny. Um, and, you know, I, I was lucky enough to go see him during the 2016 tour where he was, you know, where he did the um, river and, wow. you know, in a row. So that was, you know, and my wife asked the question, are you not tired? And I'm like, eh. The songs I were bored with, uh, I'm still bored with. The songs I love, <laughs> I still love. <laughs> so I'm gonna t- uh, I'm gonna tell a story and then I want to get your thoughts. So sure. In right out of high school, way back in 1977, I bought a eight track uh, called "Endless Summer" <clears throat> by the Beach Boys, mm-hmm. and it blew me away. I just I listened to that over and over and over again. And so I started exploring any Beach Boy album or 8-track, you know, because that's the style back then, um, mm-hmm. I, I bought and I just loved. I just could not get enough. And then I ended up picking up Pet Sounds. Oh, all right. And I went, what the heck is this? <laughs> this doesn't sound like any Beach Boy songs. There's no surf. There's no... I mean, the harmony was there, but a couple of songs had no words. What what the heck is this? Um, so when you were talking about Nebraska, mm-hmm. that story, I, I and I and I've actually I'm a little embarrassing. You know, I'm talking to uh, my podcast player. You know, I'm, I'm listening to it Bluetooth in my car, and I'm like speaking to my car, Sam. I know exactly. So talk about Nebraska with me. Absolutely. Nebraska was a direction I wasn't expecting to uh, go down with Springsteen. I was not expecting to go into an album where there were themes about murderers and psychopaths. And again, also circling back with the theme where Springsteen's talking about people that are just that that are just going through hard times. And then it just I was not expecting that. I wasn't expecting him to sort of get to a point where he was singing about criminals and then making us feel 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 i don't know i don't want to say sympathetic because i certainly don't want to feel that way but sort of get into a mindset where we can understand exactly what they were feeling but at the same time not completely understand why they would go forward with the acts that they did it was a very odd album for me to dissect and i had it was just challenging for me and i didn't quite understand what in i so i'm gonna back up a bit because i don't want to ramble i know springsteen was a big movie buff and i understand that he really likes the concepts behind you know a really good story and 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 something like that but um 
I wasn't and I know that these demos were were critical. The the demo sound for Nebraska was critical to get this theme across of um somebody that's that's in a very dark place. And I agree that if he had recorded that record with the E Street band, I really don't think we would have had that same effect. It probably would have been a little bit more rocky. But this was just it was almost more folky or country. That and that's what Nebraska that's what I thought of Nebraska. It was just a hard one for me to for me to even think about. Yeah, and I think that's a fair um that's a fair first impression. It is very different and it is um you know, where you're like, Wow, this is different. Mm-hmm. Um and and I think your point about while not sympathetic, you're going um every villain is the hero in their own story. Uh, you know, that, um, and that's very, very, um, you know, basic storytelling. And, and if you hear people interviewing with, um, you know, actors talk about, well, you know, I had to play this guy or this gal as if she knew she right, you mm-hmm. know, because she would be, or else, you know, uh, no one thinks they're going to be this, okay, uh, I'm ready to go be the worst person in the world, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right, right. Um, and, uh, and what I find interesting is that um, you get a little bit, like Atlantic City, while amazing with Bruce, it, you know, it has become a fairly often live show that the whole E Street Band will do. And uh, and it sounds great. Um, but I agree with you that I don't know if that album would be the same thing if they had tried to do that. And it's mm-hmm. kind of it's kind of special that um, he did this very early. Um, and then of course um, if you read um, Peter Carlin's books or Dave Marsh, you know, biographies of him, um, the record company basically like, okay, you had your fun. Now we'd like a different kind of album. And then he got him, gave him board in the USA. It was almost like a thank you. Like, okay, well, you know, you let me kind of experiment here. Let me, uh, let me show you this one. (laughs) Wow. I never thought of it that way. That's interesting. Now, um, obviously you do a lot of songs, from Born in the USA, just yes. from pop culture. Mm-hmm. Were there any songs that surprised you as you listened to the whole album? Um, there were certainly a couple of songs. If I'm trying, to, I I just remember really liking the entirety of Side One. That's yeah. that was the that was the side that I think really just just sucked me into the whole thing. One song I think in particular that really that I really liked was actually Working on the Highway. It was just fast. It was just a fast tempo and I just it was it was good. And it was a song that unfortunately I don't know I don't know if it was a single. I know there were a lot of singles that spawned off of Born in the USA. I don't know off the top of my head unfortunately if Working on the Highway was one of them, but it was just it was just a good jingle and I liked it. And I also like um, I'm going down, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people know that song. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I love the guitar intro to mm-hmm. "Working on the Highway," and it just gets a great start. Um, yeah, that's 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 too fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
have you got a chance to listen to Western Stars? I have, and I listened to it actually just yesterday. So originally, um, originally we were either going to have this discussion. It was going to be either last week or today. So last week when Western Stars came out, I, I did listen to it. And since I'm at work, I typically just put one earbud in, leave sure. the other one out. Um, so I really didn't feel like I got the full experience just only using the one earbud and, you know, multitasking. So this week I actually had some time to kind of step back and listen to the whole thing through with no distraction. And I, I liked it. I, I certainly, and I've, I've told some people this, I certainly don't think Western stars is Bruce Springsteen's best, but I do think that it is a good step for him as he's, as he's getting older. Um, he's obviously not the rebellious young man he was back in the 80s where he's talking about wanting to escape, wanting to get out and wanting to go and, and do something with his life. Now he's like this. He's this old wise man that's talking about his journeys and, and his adventures that he's had in the past and what he's been through. And it, it just adds it's a very calm. It's a very calming record. And it's it's something that I actually really ended up liking. I'm not a big country guy. I've never really been huge into country music so i wasn't sure how i was going to feel going into this but i'm very impressed with how springsteen was able to get this style through and then something else that i really liked was right up until we get to the song stones stones was almost like the return back to the old springsteen suddenly that that accent that he had at the beginning of the record was gone and he was back to how he was sounding at a during the river or during the darkness era so it, it was good it, he 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 it was a gentle merge between styles and it was it was a very enjoyable record you know what i found interesting and um you know we've talked a lot about this on the show that um you know magic wrecking ball are two of his later albums that a lot of people including me really have a lot of praise for mm -hmm. and to be almost 70 and to do this album, and now he recorded it several years ago, but um, it's a nice creative stretch. And um, I, you know, growing up in my house, um, you know, Glenn Campbell and a lot of that um, Jimmy Webb type songs were that you have that lush orchestra country music was really big in my house so mm -hmm. hearing that uh like when they started to, when he first released that first single hello sunshine you went oh my goodness this could be you know an early 70s gluten campbell song yeah and and i and i i mean that as a compliment mm -hmm. um so yeah i'm glad you've liked it i i have really enjoyed it i've um you know, kind of doing the same thing. When it came out, I um, I was at work, but it wasn't very busy, and so I I put it on my um, you know, I had my headset on listening, and everyone keep coming up to me. Are you on the phone? No, no, no. I'm okay. What can I do? <laughs> um, and uh, I've I've really enjoyed it. I, I've really um, been impressed how he's pushed himself, mm -hmm. and the arrangements with all the uh, orchestra, you know, the different strings and horns. Yeah, it's very, very pretty. Yeah, very pretty and very different for him. Um, it's nice. It's going to be really nice. Um, so I told you I was going to ask this, but mm. um, do you, and I'm 
as I jokingly said, I'm going to ask you to speak for your generation. But, um, you know, my son Chris is 30. Mm-hmm. And the reason he has become a Springsteen fan is because I'm a Springsteen fan. Right. And he went to a show with me. The only reason he went to a show with me is because, hey, Pops, I'll go with you and we'll have fun. And so he's made two shows and now he's become a big fan. Okay. I don't know how much of that is just out of fatherhood, you know, in indulging the old man. <laughs> but, you know, do you think that um, there are other – there is a market among, quote-unquote, you know, college age, young people, whatever you want to call it, for Springsteen's work? Or are you just an old soul that um, the music spoke to? Well, I'll answer that question in two ways. I do think I am an old soul, so I'm, I'm a sucker for, for this for this kind of style. But I certainly do think, to, to the second part of that question, I do think that there is a market for this music for people between the ages of 22 and 30. Um, I remember, because when the album came out, I just went on Bruce Springsteen's Twitter. It's obviously managed by his team. But I was looking at all the different photos from the launch party, and I noticed that they strategically chose photographs of young people either in their 20s or 30s, that went to the release party of this record. So I do really think that there is that there is a, um, a group of, um, of young people that definitely are just starting to get into Springsteen's work and will enjoy this album. And something else I think is so fascinating, I'm, I'm on Reddit a lot, mm-hmm. reddit.com, and I posted on Reddit um, during the beginning of our Springsteen week about Born to Run and about how I never listened to it all the way through, and I really liked it. And I posted it on the Springsteen subreddit, and I asked I asked people that were subscribed there, what, what are your favorite tracks from the record? And I just got nothing but wonderful comments from people saying, oh, my God, you're you're new to his music. This is great. You're, you have so much to listen to. And then I remember I read one comment that said, man, I'm so jealous. I wish I could listen to Springsteen music like it was all new to me. <laughs> so I, I, I do think that there is some potential for young people to, to get involved in listening to his songs. And I think that I remember it at Ithaca. Obviously, Ithaca is a huge music school. A lot of people listen to Springsteen there. Yeah. Most of most of the kids that go to Ithaca are from New Jersey. They love Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. So his music was on blast almost all the time there. So I do mm-hmm. think that a lot of people definitely do love his older music. And if they're a big fan of it, they will love this more this this mature album that he's come out with. Yeah. So um, thank you for that. Uh, you've graduated now. Congratulations. Thank you. And you are employed full time now. Yes, I am. So uh, I understand you're working in the news business. I am. I'm working in the news business in uh, D.C. It's um, it's really, really crazy right now because we're approaching an election year um, next year. So obviously things are things are starting to heat up a little bit. But um, it's a fast, fast business, and I'm really liking it. Now, um, uh, I saw that Jim and Patrick introduced two new interns. Yes, so they did. You, you have moved the gauntlet. You've, you know, you've given. Um, are you uh, no longer interacting, no longer helping out with uh, Jim and Patrick, correct? No, I am. Oh, I you still, still are. Oh, yeah, nice. I still am, yeah. What are the pl- How? First off, how do you find time between working? <laughs> and, and I was going to ask, what else are you doing creatively to scratch that itch? I mean, I realize you need to. There is a lot of joy in working 
in your gig, you know, and, mm-hmm. and helping to do that. But creatively, are, what are you doing to kind of scratch that creative itch? Sure. So I'll, I'll actually touch back on the last thing you mentioned. We have brought on some other interns. We've brought on um, in, we've brought on editing interns. We've had obviously Matt, our male intern. He's he's been with us for a while, and um, I'm still doing web stuff. So all the articles that you're reading, um, the song list, I'm still updating all of that, and I'm I'm enjoying it. I love working with Jim and Patrick. I think it's always it's so much fun. Um, so to scratch that creative itch, I've just been working. I've actually sort of been training myself on how to use creative programs just oh, okay. just last just last week we actually had some training at the office on some different editing applications because a lot of us in the news business have to are now editing our own stuff there there isn't really a dedicated editing team it's everything has sort of evolved to a point now where reporters and um other and and other producers are are editing their own things so we're getting we're getting more training in that. So I've just been trying to focus on on building up my expertise in that field. And um, I do have a YouTube channel that I haven't touched in a year. It's definitely something that I want to get back into. And um, in terms of finding time for the show, I just right after work I come home and I start working on it. And I consider it a very relaxing thing. It's it's really it kind of takes my mind off of what's going on in the news, and then I can I can focus on music and I can just listen to it and really absorb it all and just and just collect myself. So yeah, that's how I do it. That makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, this is. Uh, I do a couple of podcasts, and 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 it, it truly is uh, how I feel like I stretch my creative muscles. I get to talk to great people, um, you know, and kind of share. Um, <laughs> what's what's funny is it the old cliche when it rains it pours. You know, I'll go weeks without anyone wanting to. Just schedules can't work out, and then all of a sudden, for like two weeks, I'll have like you know, five people that can talk. So I'm like, okay, trying to schedule all this. Um, because the whole fear, right, is uh, I've got no episode loaded. <laughs> I've got no episode <laughs> recorded. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, and I, I guess I could take a break, but I don't want to. Um, that is very cool. Any future plans or anything going on that you uh, want to share? Well, as of now, no. Um, I don't really have anything anything personally going on. Just um, still working on Rock in the Suburbs, and um, I'm hoping that maybe a few months down the line, I can start making, I can start doing my own creative things in addition to Rock in the Suburbs because I just I love the show so much. And um, yeah, because I'd like to get back into um, into making web videos. I I love working I love working on podcasts. And I think that's been a great a great field to learn more about. But videos have always been my passion, and I definitely do want to go back into doing that again. So maybe by the end of the summer, once I finally once I'm finally more organized and I can really understand how my schedule works, I can definitely get that going again. Very nice. Um, that sounds like a good plan. Um, if someone wants to reach you, how is the best way to reach you? Twitter is the best way to reach me. My um, my Twitter username is Slisker. That's S-L-I-S-K-E-R. All right. Very nice. And uh, do you have any um, guest appearances coming up on Rock in the Suburb? 
Maybe. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. Very I nice. might be back on in a bit. Um, I went uh, CD shopping with uh, Jim and Patrick actually just last weekend. And oh, they, they, they they gave me a couple of CDs and uh, they were like, L- listen to these, listen to these. We want to hear what you think. So oh, I'm looking okay. forward to being back on the show to talk about that. That sounds fun. Uh, I'm, um, I've am i had a couple people um, who were interested in doing the summer fill-in shows. Oh, so, great. Yeah, so I've, I've got a couple of those to edit. Uh, that they were nice enough to we set up and we visited and so i'm gonna edit those and share them in for the to help fill out while they're out doing dad business um (laughs) so sam hang on while i do a little business uh if you want to join me and share your springsteen story um i'm easy to reach you can get me at setlustingbruce at gmail.com i'm on twitter at setlustingbruce and uh you know give me a call tell me what you want to hear uh give me some feedback we'd love to have you talk um you can also reach me on twitter at jesse jackson dfw please go to itunes and your other podcast players to subscribe rate and review us um it really does help us find new listeners um sam thank you again for getting up early on saturday and visiting with me this was a blast it always is um any final thoughts um i'm gonna keep listening to bruce i'm def i definitely have to keep listening to uh more of his catalog and now i need to go ahead of born in the usa and i need to listen to more <laughs> so very nice yeah, so this has been great thank you so much jesse well i you know let's let's plan when you listen to some of the later ones you know, reach out to me and go, okay, I've listened to Tunnel of Love. Mm-hmm. You know, I've listened to Wrecking Ball Magic, the couple of the two uh, albums he did without the E Street Band. Reach out to me and say, hey, I'm ready to have another talk. And we'll kind of do another quick visit about what you're seeing. Does it sound Absolutely. good? All right. Absolutely. All right, listeners, thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you soon. Hello, listeners. Here is a little bonus section. A The week before Western Stars was released, I recorded a couple fill-in episodes for our buddies at Rock in the Suburbs. I interviewed – one of the episodes I did was an interview with Kevin Clement. We discussed Cajun music. Um, don't know when those are going to be out, but when they do, I hope you check it out. I hope you always check out Jim and Patrick on Rock in the Suburbs. They had a week of Bruce Springsteen discussions where five days in a row, obviously, a week. They went from Born to Run, Darkness, River, Nebraska, Born in the USA. And their argument was they do not know of another artist who had five such amazing releases in a row. Uh, Pretty strong, um, let's call it a straight flush. Anyway, uh, as Kevin and I were getting ready to discuss Louisiana music, uh, as I usually do with a guest, we talked beforehand. And we had a couple minutes of discussion of Bruce Springsteen, and I thought it was interesting enough that I saved this I pulled it off the cutting room floor, and I'm going to add it to the tail end of this episode, which I think is very appropriate since the main episode was with intern Sam from Rock in the Suburb. Hope you like it. Kevin uh, can be reached on Twitter at... Duh. 
Cajun Music Man. That's at sign D-A-C-A-G-A-U-N-M-U-S-I-C-M-A-N. At the Cajun Music Man. Uh, so please check him out on Twitter. And I hope you enjoyed this little lanyop, as we say in Louisiana. Thank you. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, that listening Bruce. Set Listing Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.